Oh, wasn't expecting it this early. <laughs> good morning, Oakcrest. Today is a good day, despite my tears. <laughs> we get to welcome the incoming sixth graders as they're starting this new new chapter in their faith journeys. Uh, we also get to uh, honor and celebrate uh, these graduating seniors as they're also starting this new chapter in their faith journeys. Anyone that has gotten a chance to know this group of seniors knows exactly why I am just incredibly proud of this group. I'm sweating out of my eyes. <laughs> I've known a few of these teams since they were junior hires back when I was a lowly, humble intern. However, there's a good chunk of you that I've met in the last few years. Regardless, I've witnessed a great deal of growth in all of you these four years. Many were just starting uh, their walks with God when I got here, and his power is evident in each and every one of you. I am very honored to have gotten to walk alongside you guys during this chapter of your lives. But you're about to start a new chapter. Uh, and as uh, Brian said uh, last week, this new chapter has a lot of uncertainty. Maybe you're asking your questions like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Or who am I going to hang out with? Or uh, where am I going to go to church? And those are all understandable questions to be asking because there are lots of unknowns coming your way. But that isn't necessarily a bad thing. I did most of my growing during these times of transition. I wouldn't be who I am today uh, without these times of transition. And I'm sure most people in here have had similar experiences. Whether we like it or not, these transitional seasons, they change us. And they can change us for the better, or they can change us for the worse. But luckily, that's up to us. That change is inevitable, but there are some things that we can hold on to now that will help shape us for the better in the future. What's our motto in the youth group? Okay, the first part, the first part, Find community, love it. Seek mission, experience refinery, love it, love it. Yeah, we're still getting it. Good. You guys are going to hate that phrase by the time that you leave the youth group. But I think it will be a great tool as you enter this next stage of life. You've already found community. You've been a part of this youth group for however many years, and we haven't gotten too tired of you yet. You can find it again. In fact, I highly encourage you to find it again. As you should know by this point, we weren't meant to do life alone. We need fellowship with other human beings. Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 through 10 say, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. 
We all need people in our lives to pick us up when we're down. And you guys aren't any different. Don't make the mistake to think that you've got the community that you need right now and you don't need any other people in your life. I know there's some fear that surrounds this time. And I completely empathize with that. I was scared too. But I think it's easy to let that fear keep us from making connections and not just any type of connections. Ecclesiastes says that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. In this next stage of life, I want to encourage you to pursue God-centered relationships. A cord of two strands may hold up for a little bit, but a third strand, a God strand, will make those two strands inseparable. Now, this isn't me saying ignore everyone who isn't a Christian and to push away any potential friends because they don't believe in God. However, when we are at our lowest and it seems like everyone else wants to distract themselves and us from pain and sorrow, who are the kind of people that we want around us? Can someone outside the church help us and help us when we're down and take care of us when we're hurt? Of course. But who's going to be there for you when you're being overpowered by the enemy? Who's going to understand when you feel called to forgive someone who's hurt you? Who is going to encourage you to be a better version of yourself without passing judgment on you? Those relationships that are truly Christ-centered will accomplish all of those things. I can't guarantee they'll be perfect. We all make mistakes. But what I can guarantee is that they will endure, and we all want friendships that endure. As you transition into this next phase, seniors, invest in the communities that are going to take care of you and your souls. The good news is, no matter where you go, you won't be alone in this yearning for community. There are people out there that are just like you, looking for a place to belong and to be loved. You can be instrumental in helping other, people's, other people find community and turning them towards God. Matthew 25, verses 34 through 40 say, if I can flip to it. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Your purpose in this world is to love God and to love others. Your mission does not change once you're outside of the Oak Crest Youth Group. We are called to make disciples of all nations. And as you go out into the world, seniors, you will find many people who are just in need of love. Making disciples is going to take meeting that need. Sometimes it doesn't even take giving someone something to drink or clothing the naked. Sometimes it just takes being a friend to make a disciple. And you're going to have lots of opportunities. Be open to those opportunities. Allow God to use you for something greater than yourself. If you feel pulled to start a Bible study, do it. God could be using you to speak into someone else's life. 
if you feel compelled to reach out to someone who isn't hanging around a whole lot of other people, that could be the Holy Spirit guiding you to bring someone else into the family. Much of what it takes to seek mission for your life is just getting out of your own way. We let fear get in the way of our ability to be Jesus to people. Speaking from experience, I have allowed fear to get in the way of me being Jesus to someone. And because of that, there's been a few times that I've looked back and wondered, what if? Class of 2022, I don't want you to look back with any regrets. God tells his people countless times in scripture to not be afraid. And I don't want us to misunderstand this. I don't, I don't think it's sinful to be afraid. Raise your hand if you've ever been afraid of something. Now keep your hand raised if you're currently afraid or anxious or worried about something. Seniors, look around the room. There's, there's hands raised. We all get scared. We all get scared. I'm currently scared standing up here in front of everybody. <laughs> I don't remember where I heard this, but it's helpful to think of these calls to not be afraid, uh, similarly to the way that a parent calms down a child. Calms down a child. Calms down a child. Shh. It's okay. I'm with you. Shh. Don't be afraid. I'm right by your side. Sometimes it just takes these simple, comforting words to soothe a child. And in the same way, God offers us comfort in scripture, prayer, and in the communities that we build. Fear is normal and a part of life, but without God, we can allow it to control us. There are a lot of people out there who need to know the saving power of Jesus. And with God, you can help to bring other people into relationship with him. Don't let fear keep you from accomplishing your mission. As Master Yoda would say, Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Fear is not wrong, but if left unchecked, it can grow into something more harmful. If we don't allow God in to take care of our fears, they can cause the exact opposite of what we're called to do. To experience refinery, we will often have to let go of who we once were. A lot of times we fear change because it means that we have to get rid of something that we identify ourselves with. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 16 through 21 say, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Seniors, God is going to be working on you these next few years and for the rest of your lives. 
Don't resist it. You need only to be still. If we want to grow, it's going to take not looking at people as we used to. Many times, fear can take the place of understanding, and when we don't have understanding, it can be really easy to villainize the people that we cross paths with. The old has gone, the new is here. In Exodus 32, the Israelites for the 30,000th time have defied God and kind of just done their own thing. It seemed like a pretty simple task for them. Don't make an idol. Don't bow down to it. Well, they do it. And God is angry. And he's talking to Moses and he's like, I'm done with them. You know, they're stubborn. Just let me be angry. I'm just going to start over with you and your family. And Moses is like, whoa, what if you didn't? Remember that covenant that you made with Abraham? And God changes his mind. Then we have a story in Matthew 15 where a Canaanite woman is crying out to Jesus, asking him to heal her daughter. And he responds by saying, he is only sent for the people of Israel. She replied back with, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And what does Jesus do? He heals her daughter. He changes his mind. If the Son of God can change his mind, so can I. If the creator of the universe can shift his perspective, I can too. Don't be afraid to change your mind. The old has gone, the new is here. This isn't me saying to just follow every wind of teaching, but this is me saying that because just because you've always believed something does not make it truth. Be okay shifting your perspective. Seek to understand other people's points of view because fear of those points of view can cause lots of damage. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. God could be using the people in your life to renew your mind so that you might look more like the righteousness of God. He will give you discernment for what is right and what is true. The old has gone. The new is here. If you get one thing out of this morning, I want you to hear, allow God to shape and mold you in this next chapter. He has already shaped and molded you during this time, and I am confident that he will continue to shape and mold you as you transition into the next part of life. I am very, very excited to see what he does in all of your lives and how he uses you to impact other people's lives. I'm going to miss you guys. And I will forever treasure things like bringing a canoe home from a mission trip or playing volleyball at literally every event or singing in the rain or mimicking you or telling you to leave the cone. (laughs) Everything that you guys have done for our group and this church will not be forgotten. I am so proud of you, and I'm just so happy that I got to be by your side during this stage. Don't be afraid. God is going to do things that you wouldn't believe even if you were told. You guys are really easy to love. Just be yourself. You are not alone. You know you can always reach back out if you ever need anything. And if you're ever feeling homesick, you know where to find us.
Now go out, find community, seek mission, experience refinery. Be open to allowing God to work on you so that you can experience refinery. The old has gone. The new is here. Now let's hand out some Bibles. <clears throat> Other slides? Or am I just calling up now? What? Oh, okay. all right. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right. <clears throat> I always butcher it. Kaylee Doffler. 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 Kaylee is the daughter of Brent and Erica Doffler. <laughs> and her biggest influence is her mom because no matter where you come from, you can make it big. Jay Horton. Jay is the daughter of Mark and Sherry Horton, and her future plans are to work in physical therapy. Shaylee McCandless. She's the daughter of Shelly Neely and Jay McCandless. Oh, sorry. Hold on, that's my favorite. Okay, and one of her extracurricular activities are beating everyone in pickleball with Jack Baldwin on occasion. <laughs> Kennedy Mestis. She's the daughter of Eddie and Emily Mestis, and she's graduating from Newcastle High School. Her biggest influence is her Grammy Peggy. She taught her how to have strength, faith, and resilience. Hunter Nunn. Hunter is the son of J.R. and Casey Nunn. He participates in National Honor Society and has a scholarship to play baseball at UCO. His future plans are to attend and play baseball at UCO. <laughs> Gracelyn Odell. Grace is the daughter of Kevin and Chris Odell. She participates in National Honor Society, and her future plans are to go to culinary school. Kylie Reynolds. Kylie is the daughter of Christy and Jason Reynolds. She plans to attend OU and major in counseling psychology and working with victims of abuse and violence. One of her biggest influences is her cousin, Rennie, he has also been a big influence. She has also been through many hardships in her life, but faces adversity with optimism and hope. She gives her amazing advice and encourages her to be better each and every day. Damien Sandoval. Damien is the son of Johnny and Cindy Sandoval. His biggest influence is God because he has shown him the way. Aubrey Sorrells. She's the daughter of Gina Sandoval and Brian Sorrells. Her future plans are to have the greatest summer ever and then attend the University of Central Oklahoma and major in forensic science and criminal justice.
Gage Trinkle. Gage is the son of Art and Angie Trinkle. He goes to Westmore High School. His extra, extracurricular activities include traveling and movies. And his future plans are to go to Votech for, graphic for the graphic design program. Emma Wash. Emma is the daughter of Charles and Shauna Wash. Her extracurricular activities are FCCLA, that's a mouthful, and her future <laughs> plans are to attend O-Trip to get her basics, then go to OC for interior design. Ladies and gentlemen, your 2022 graduates. And then uh, we, we have one more announcement. Uh, seniors should stay up here. Uh, so back a few years ago, uh, Terry, Terry Gay approached me um, wanting to uh, put together a scholarship uh, for his son, uh, Joshua Gay, and graduating seniors. Um, Josh was a guy who was just very involved in youth group, uh, just very uh, committed to everything that he was involved in, and uh, he just gave 110% in everything he did. And so, Terry wanted to honor his memory uh, by giving out this scholarship to a senior who is also 110% committed to this ministry that we're doing here and loving God and loving others. Terry decided that this year he wanted to give that award to three seniors. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, got a, we got a good group. And those people are Aubrey Sorrells, Hunter Nunn, and Shaylee McCandless. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your 2022 graduates. If you are a helper that I have already talked to, stay up here, and then, other than that, you guys can go sit down. Okay, what a morning. Um, this morning, we call this uh, my part of the, the service mile marker because you may have noticed um, or heard me talk about it before. In the front hallway, we have some jars out there that have marbles in them. And a few years back, Jennifer and I went to the Orange Conference and we talked about that we have... <laughs> Sorry. 936 Sundays from birth on average until they're up here. Ask these guys, you blink and they're up here. And we are so blessed at this church. You get to start your Sundays out with Jennifer Grimes, the baby whisperer. I mean, you, I, I love my job, but I get to do this job because I'm sandwiched between two amazing ministers. I get these kids for my 312 Sundays after they've been with Miss Jennifer and right before I get to hand them off to the amazing Tyus. I mean, it is incredible, and it, it's just such a blessing. So we, 
Um, and these guys up here, these seniors, some of them, oh my goodness, I, I'm so emotional because they, they were in my pre-K class. They were babies in my small group. They were, uh, it just goes so fast. But I'm, I'm excited for these guys. I'm, I'm going to read the, the sixth graders' names right now. And I'm going to pass them off to, to Tyus. And they're going to get to be part of an amazing group just like these guys. First, we have Caleb Higgs. And then we have Olivia Loomis. And Chevy Rowland. Brody Trinkle. And Trinity Ward. Give it up for these incoming sixth graders. Seniors, I prematurely told you to sit down, so go ahead and come back up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Classic ties, am I right? Could we have Dwight Heron come up here and pray over this group? First of all, I want to say um, I'm going to cry more than Tyus. <laughs> I've been in the church for close to 70 years. Uh, I've been a youth minister. I've been around a lot, a lot of youth groups. If I could think of one word to describe this youth group as exceptional. I have never seen a group that exceeds, very few that even come close to what this group has done. Uh, and I'm trying to think about if whether Tyus uh, is such an amazing youth minister and has blessed all of these people, all these young people, and new ones coming in, or whether it is this group that has blessed him, that set him up for uh, unbelievable heights, and I think it's both. I think it's both. It's mutual. Uh, we sang the song a while ago about family. Uh, this, is a, this is a family, and you young ones coming into this, you're going to learn that about this group. They are exceptional. Tyus and the ones who are leaving that I can't look at because I cry. <laughs> Some of them happen to be related to me, okay? But most importantly of all, the ones that have been blessed the most is this congregation. Uh, if uh, they have called us to a higher standard of service, a higher standard of love and joy and excitement, and with that in mind, let's bow in prayer, please. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for this day. Thank you for these people. Thank you for Tyus and Lauren and the work that they've done. Thank you for all the supporting people who have backed them up and helped them with meals, trips, all kinds of activities. But Father, especially thank you for these young people, for these 12 who are graduating who are so, so special. Father, I pray that you would open their eyes that they could realize how special they are, how they're special in your service, 
and open their eyes to opportunities that lie ahead of them for greatness, Father. Um, They are bright lights, and I pray that you would lead them to where they can shine. Father, bless them with long lives, with health, with strength, with courage, and full of the Spirit as they shed your light. And we with these new young ones who are coming into our youth group as they probably have no clue of what's ahead of them. But Father, bless them on their journey as well. Bless us all, Father, as we continue in service in Jesus' name. Good morning. For those of you who have not yet met, my name is Brian Simmons, and I am the new preaching minister here at Oakcrest. I've only been here a month, and so I've not had the privilege of seeing these young people grow up here. I don't know all the inside jokes. I've played no role whatsoever in their spiritual development, but it's good to be here today. If you're visiting with us or if you're new to Oak Crest, uh, today's service has in fact been different. Typically people don't sweat through their eyes here. (laughs) This is the first time many of you have ever seen Tyus with a tie on and um, (laughs) it's different. But what we've done here today is appropriate because we've done today what Jesus did so often. You see, if you read through the New Testament, you'll realize that Jesus was present whenever there was something to celebrate. Jesus was present, in fact, at each of the major markers of people's lives. He's there celebrating at a wedding in Cana. He's there at a funeral outside the town of Nain. He's there when fishermen go to work. He's there as a tax collector does what tax collectors do. Jesus is there as children come to his lap. Jesus is there as older senior citizens exit the temple. You see, at each part of our life, each day of our lives, Jesus is there. And so it's appropriate, even on a day when typically these high school students don't wear caps and gowns to worship service, even when they're typically are not the kinds of things done in a service that are often done in a place like this, it is appropriate for us to be here. Because Jesus is with us every day of our lives. All the celebrations, the good times and the bad, sunny days, the stormy days, the days of happiness and the days of sorrow. Oh, the places you'll go, wherever those places are, whether you're graduating, whether you're coming into the youth group, wherever you are in life, Jesus is with you in those places. Yea, he is the cornerstone of our lives. And he's the cornerstone of the lives of these young people as they move on. And so we sing about the cornerstone that Jesus is in each of our lives this morning. And as is our custom here at Oak Crest, because this is the church family that walks with anyone through hospitals, through nursing homes, through vacations, through work, through whatever it is, through commencement, then we celebrate, we mourn, we pray, and we are woven deeply into each other's lives. All because Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of our faith. And so we make space this Sunday morning, one of the 936 that these young people have, not just to celebrate with them, but also to say to all who are here today that Jesus Christ wants you to be a part of his life and he to be a part of yours. And so we make space this morning to say, 
If the Lord has put on your heart that today is the day to put on Christ in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins, then let it be so. If today is the day that you want the shepherds of this congregation to pray with you about your life, then let it be so. If today is the day you would like to become a part of this church family, then let it be so. If Jesus Christ is today the cornerstone of your faith, as you move forward, as you live your life, then let it be so. Some of our shepherds here at Oak Crest will be here in the front of this room. Others will be out in the foyer if that's a bit more comfortable for you. But if we can be a blessing to your life on this of all days, would you let us do that? Let us stand together and sing about the cornerstone of our faith.